Hello, and welcome to Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer, one movie at a time. My name is Joel. My name is Seven of... Sarah. Podcast. (laughs) Seven of Podcast. And I'm Lieutenant Commander Cornelius. Oh, man. That's pretty good. Pascal. Ensign Joel. Engage. Engage. Ensign Joel. (laughs) Sure thing, Captain. Whoa! (laughs) What do your sensors indicate, Joel? (laughs) I detect a life form. I detect a fluff on my painting. It's a diarrhea. This week is Star Trek First Contact from 1996, directed by Jonathan Frakes and written by blah, 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 blah. Anyways, we did this last week, starring James Cromwell, Neil McDonough, and Robert Picardo as the holographic doctor. Yeah, boy. Very small cast in this one. (laughs) You forgot Alice Krieg. And Alice Krieg as Borgie. Borgie is That's that her funny. is that her, her uh, futuristic uh, black eyed peas name? Yes, instead of Fergie. What Borgie? Don't don't ever bring up the black eyed peas again. <laughs> I gotta draw a line somewhere. <laughs> and the <laughs> never mind. What I was gonna try to quote some some fierce Picard at you, but uh, I'll save it for later in the episode. I was gonna try to quote some fierce black eyed peas. <laughs> I don't want either of those things. I will turn this podcast around. Going back home. Well, I'm going to take control of this podcast in the engineering bay. What are you going to do then? Nothing. So this was, uh, in my opinion, a lot better than Generations. I'm kind of surprised how much better it was. You're not the only one. From the director of, of Clock Stoppers, Cl- Time Stoppers, what was it? Clock Stoppers. Clock Stoppers. One, one with that was a John from Jesse Frank's his name, where he can... Stop clocks. No, his watch. I don't know. Stop. I don't know. I wanted to say <laughs> stop watchers, but it didn't. That didn't make sense, Joel. The guy from Swim Fan can. Uh, oh, <laughs> is he in that? Yes. Oh, he's the main guy. Oh uh, well. Anyways, uh, Mr. Frank's directed that one as well, I believe. Well, that's good. That's where he got his chops. That's what people knew. That came out in like two thousand something. Yeah, it was yeah, much yeah, later. Yeah, never mind. It was much never later. Never mind. Hey, Sarah. Hey. How do you feel about the Borg in general? Uh, they're scary. Yeah. They're a scary bad guy. Yeah. I feel like I've had conversations about this. With, with us? my mom. Oh, your mom, okay. It's like taking the idea of like a chop shop or something... But doing that with, like, human life and, like, and culture and, like, history and just just leaving, you know, p- bits and pieces behind. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you can't reason with the Borg. 
Mm-mm. In this in this time frame, they've successfully taken Picard out of the hive mind once before when he was lo locutus. You got it. Locutus. You, it's like locust, it. but it's cute. Locutus. And uh <laughs> and then you know it, he still he still has a connection, even though they've taken him out. Yeah. So at this point in Star Trek, they have never been able to come to a resolution that mm. wasn't basically run away, fighting or running away. Right. But the line is drawn here. Mm-hmm. Oh, they must have chased him off before, right? Like the. Obviously, they 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 enter the zone in at the end of season three, the beginning of season four. Like they, at least one force has come within the thing. Uh, they're supposed to be coming up with like new defenses and stuff like that. But. Yeah, they get they make it to an outer, one of the farthest bases out. Aaron's searching. He's no, like, I don't want to. I, I he's looking there's something in my pack. head. There's something about yeah. Thank you. I gotta yes. use my communicator or my uh, tricorder here, uh, but I'm fairly certain that there was an episode where a virus was installed into the board. Mm-hmm. That's what we were talking about at the last part of, uh, of of the episode one, season four, best of both world, burst of two worlds, or whatever. They there were talking about like some sort of nanovirus that we can introduce. So they did actually develop that to chase him off for a while. Yeah, it's a bit of a spoiler for you, Joel. No. But there's an episode called I Borg. Yes. Oh, and that's yeah. that's in season five, and that's when you start learning about this thing where the Borg were receiving sentience. Mm. Or some of them were. And you learn about this guy named Hugh, who happens to be a Borg. I mean they had sentience before. What do you mean? Well, they're, well, it's 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 because of the virus. It's being reintroduced to it, them, it, like an individual personality. Mm-hmm. Mm. The movie came out after the show was over. Yeah, right. Over. But yes. in the show, they were starting to introduce a few human characteristics that could potentially exist within the Borg. I see. I mean, what initially when they encounter the Borg. It's like there's no dimensions to it. It's just one machine hive mind that you can't talk to. And then Picard has his interaction with them. And they have like a little bit of progress made because they saw kind of into what they can be. And they kind of saw into the humans what they could be. And then, yeah. Yeah. There starts to be... A little bit more deviation from just the, just the machine bad guy, but in this movie, <laughs> <laughs> tangent. Sorry about in that. This, tangent. In this movie, they have purple costumes. The Borg. They're evil. Joel. No, they're mm-hmm. evil. The the crew. Whatever. Where was Guinan? They kicked her off oh, in this movie. Yeah. No Guinan. Well, maybe she uh maybe she jumped on the uh the old um, Nexus, Nexus wave. <laughs> she was yeah, she said she's like, screw like, you, Picard. I wanna go back to the Nexus. I'm out. Blew up some planets, maybe. <laughs> and, and, and out on Deep Space Nine, like forget this. 
Well, Picard had some questions when she, when he found her making a rickety, like, metal frame. Oh, out in the desert? Out in the desert, like. Cliffside. Guy, why are you hanging out next to this dangerous cliffside? <laughs> Did you just blow up that oh, sun? You know what? Gaina is like, she offers this sage wisdom that, like, in the middle of space where they're kind of, they're kind of lost, you know? Even though they, they know all these different planets and all these different aliens, like, they could use some of the wisdom and, and yeah, Picard's diplomacy. But yeah. Picard had to kind of, switch gears in this movie because this he knew he couldn't reason with the board. Nope. Yeah. He's way more of a fighter in this movie than he was in Generations. In Generations he was getting smacked around by Malcolm McDowell like he was fighting an old man, which he was. There was two old men fighting, but well, this one, you know, he's got those guns. He's ready to fight. <laughs> For how, how often Data talks about how he's trying to evolve to become more human. Yes. I feel that this movie shows an evolution of the next generation in general. Everybody. From, oh, yeah. from, from the prior movie. Except for... You get LaForge without the visor. Mm-hmm. Yes. A new ship. Yes. Right? Right? Dr. Right. Crusher has a new hairstyle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, the, I think the exception to this is... Uh, Poor Worf. Is oh. what's her name? The, the half-betazoid. Oh. Counselor Troy is just getting hey, drunk she gets on the drunk. And She's that's more it. than a counselor. She's an officer now. Oh, she's Officer right. Troy. Right. Sorry. No, that was a whole, was, where was, am I in time? <laughs> was, that, was that season seven where, where, where they made an officer? I don't remember. Crusher says yeah. she's she's Commander Crusher. She, oh. she just said, like, like, code, Commander Crusher code, blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, it's just everyone, everyone, I don't, but the thing, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't understand. A leg of ranks in the Federation. It comes to naval. Don't get it at all. I right. don't get. I've never got it. Well, commander is below captain. Apparently, that's well, like, I, I, that's what I understand according to their ranking. Like Chekhov was an ensign. Yes, in the beginning. Yes, but he sat on that flipping little front of the ship the entire time in the class. Even when his rank went up, he was still just the dude who was piloting the ship. Well, he's just he's still really good at that, okay? Like data data is still the dude just piloting the ship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah. Their rank means nothing. I think that it Come at me, nerd bros. Those, Tell me different. Those names, those names are consistent throughout, but I think trying to figure out like why certain people did certain things in comparison to their ranking is yeah gonna be a problem. I'm sorry. Why are you challenging our listeners? I don't. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just want someone to tell me otherwise. Don't. That's not what you said. You said come at me, which is not like. Oh, sorry. I enjoy. I would enjoy being informed. You're like, nah, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Don't at me. We'll we'll have a phaser duel at dawn in the hollow deck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this movie starts off with like kind of a horror type situation. 
It does. Oh, you mean yeah? He's remembering. Picard. That's some dark. That's some uh, yeah. What is what is that called? Dead Space. That video game that came out like eye trauma towards him thing, and and then like remembering being a and then like having he was like looking at his reflection and like something came out of his face. Yeah, that's a major pimple. That's that's a horror movie type thing. It definitely sets you up for very unnerving experience Mm -hmm. because like it doesn't start in like like you're looking into his eye and then the camera kind of pans out and goes backwards and you see that he's in this board ship Mm -hmm. during his dream sequence the dream within the dream just like lost starts focused in the eye oh yeah yeah they do that a few times in that show yeah i mean that's that's a big symbolism in lost let's talk about lost okay Okay. so what happens sure It's an island, Joel. <laughs> Lost is a lot less interesting than Twin Peaks, but we're talking about Star Trek. You have to roll the die to find the island. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get the winning lottery <laughs> to get any of that you stuff. You have to swing a pendulum. <laughs> like, what is that called? The divining, like, oh, yeah. those things. Yeah, um, what is that called? I don't know. <laughs> they have, don't they have one up at the observatory? I think that, yeah, it's, like, usually used in, like, energy healing and stuff and chakras. It's, like, you use this, like, crystal to, like, center things. No, we're talking about Star Trek. Okay, first contact. Sorry. All right, all right, see ya. our heads straight. All right, so it sets up a- So they're robots. The Borg. Mm -hmm. They're they're cyborgs. Let me me summarize this movie. Okay. Picard's ex-girlfriend shows up. Goes back in time to ruin their first date. And Picard no, has to Joel, go back no. and, uh, and make sure James Cromwell flies his boat. Into space. That, uh, James Cromwell is a space hick. This sounds pretty good. <laughs> For some reason, like was making a rocket. About time or something? About time? What? Going back in time. I don't know. I, 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 yeah. First contact. It's his ex girlfriend, right? It's in the name of the movie. Oh, okay. First contact. And it's not first contact with the board. board the board? The, the board, board of education. The board. <laughs> we know that education you're, is your warp drive. <laughs> I wonder if that was a name that they came up with to try and confuse people when they were making the movie. Because. We were watching the episode in Next Gen when he when they first meets the Borg and they say first contact in that. Oh, but um, you just blew my mind right there. Reference within a reference. Mm-hmm. Boom. Yeah. Dang. But I feel like maybe they were like, "This will be a reference to Borg, but it will also be a reference to something else." You won't know till you see the movie. Uh huh. So is that from Cochran in the show? Never. Like, do they ever meet him or something like that? This no, is actually okay. the first time it's referenced. Okay. Okay. Well, they, uh, they reference, like... Well, I'm sure the first contact between between man and Vulcan has been referenced. But uh, but his character is not somebody who's appeared yeah. previously. Correct. Okay. Correct. Correct. To my knowledge, though, again... You just watch Please the whole email thing. me, email me, and let me know I'm an idiot. You just watch cool. the whole gen- no. you just got yeah. Well, okay, yes. That's a lot to remember. As no. far as as far as next generation <laughs> is concerned, Joel, this yes. is the first time the first contact between man and Vulcan okay. is mentioned. Do they go 
in back in time, forward in time in generation. Yeah, we talked about it last episode. Mark Twain met Guinan. Remember, I mean, wasn't that, wasn't that the hollow deck? <laughs> no, sir. That happened. That happened. <laughs> they went back in time, dude. And Mark Twain was painting a fence, and he he tricked Data into doing it. No, sir. Data. No. Data was trapped back in time because of aliens. It's always about wait, aliens. wait, wait. They introduced aliens into the show. That's kind. Of, uh, that doesn't make any sense. So and let's he, talk about their uniforms in this movie. I got some something going on, right? Well, there's a they got they've all got kind of turtlenecks, right? Yeah, but like there's like. But there's this much zipper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, listen. Next zip. Like, next zip. <laughs> just goes down to like where the you know the the the, the yeah. So you can show the some chest, chest hair, hair, the breastbone. Yeah. Just enough to show, yeah, Neil McDonough's you know chest hair matches his eyes, both kind of pale blue, and uh, true, true facts, I don't know. listeners, true facts. There was a lot, of, a lot of outfits going on in this. Movie. Picard had a couple outfit changes in this. Yeah, mm-hmm. he had like wool breeches at one point. They, they were trying to wool fit breeches. in. <laughs> he did. I guarantee those were made of wool. Oh, I, I guarantee it too. It had a little pocket. It had yeah. a little pocket on the leg, guys. That was some tailoring right there. Yeah. So. Who is the ex-girlfriend you're talking about? The Borg Queen. Oh, God. Yeah, they didn't really... (laughs) Mm. Mm. So, uh, yeah, they find out that the Borg is around, and then the Federation is like, Hey, Jean-Luc, don't go near the Borg, because you were, like, assimilated once by them. Which right, maybe, you can't help us defeat. <laughs> maybe they would have done that, but also maybe not. I I think that that seemed like the most least logical thing that they would do. Yeah, it sets up like a precedence that there's a weakness in the Federation. Yeah, like they don't trust their star captain. Yeah, doesn't doesn't. Yeah, I have to say that I agree with you that it seems exactly like the opposite of what they would of do, what their choice would be. Mm-hmm. I mean, they seem to make decisions that could be risky, but they do it with, with like a firm, like a solid foundation. They don't just wing it, you know. I think that the the captains of the different ships have to wing it from time to time. Absolutely. But I think that their command is usually pretty steady, and they would use information that they had. Yeah, I agree with you. But I also wanted to in, uh, to input that it goes two ways for me. It's either the Federation totally trusts Picard, mm-hmm. or they don't. Mm-hmm. And then there's there's been episodes where they've had like higher command come in and try to take over the ship right. because you know we can't trust you with this mission. We gotta we gotta get someone else in there to to, to control your ship now. So it e- it goes either way. In yeah. My opinion. But but they never have been like go out to the neutral zone and watch some comets while we try to take on while we send every other ship to go try to take out the the board. Yeah. Afraid the Romulans were going to take advantage of the situation. But they, there's been no Romulan activity in the neutral zone for the last nine months. They go back in time and the Romulans have destroyed everything. Oh, I guess they were right. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. When they said this in the movie, I was like, is Ron Luke scared? Because, like, they don't reveal at first that the reason they're doing that is because Federation oh. told him. 
But oh. at first, when he was like, let's go the other way, like, I was like, dude, is he freaking scared? Because that does not yeah. seem like, that seemed out of character. Yeah. And I was like, I guess he could be afraid of the Borg. He was having, like, night terrors about it. Yeah. Um, it definitely was, like, an unfinished chapter of his life that he hasn't been able to resolve. Yeah. He was afraid it was going to be a suicide mission or something like that. Maybe maybe he'd shown signs before that he wanted revenge or something like that. I watched the very first episode of Deep Space Nine recently. Uh, I'm going to make this tangent real quick. Mm-hmm. But in that episode, it's review. I don't... I mean, is it okay if I spoil a little bit of this for you, Joel? For the first episode of Deep Space yeah, Nine, Aaron? Yeah. No, it's not. I'm sorry. Yes, of course it is. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it's kind of it, it kind of You should ask the listener if it's Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Listeners, can I talk about the first episode of Deep Space Nine? We're waiting for an answer. Alright, so basically Cisco's wife dies, but it's because of Locutus Borg. Spoilers! I don't understand. Oh, well, Cisco was the captain of a ship that got attacked by Locutus. Uh, but isn't Picard Locutus? Mm-hmm. So when did that happen? Episode 1, Deep Space Nine, homie. But we have saw Locutus the whole time. Oh, yeah. This, it's, it's a uh, back-in-time opener to Deep Space Nine. Anyways, the reason I bring this up is because... Uh, um, because later on in that episode, it flash fo- flashes forward to the future, and now Cisco's the captain of the the st- space station. Yes, and the whole time you just kind of it, it paints a picture that you distrust Picard, and it kind of you kind of get a little bit of that feel with the beginning of this movie as well, where it's like he can't trust himself because of all the Borgness. Oh, especially since his ex-girlfriend's on there, right? Yeah, that's right. Even though he doesn't remember her, he's got he's still oh, got gosh, very strong his feelings. Oh gosh, the ex-girlfriend. What? The ex-girlfriend. He saw it the way they were at the end. He's like, you didn't, you didn't want just another person. You wanted a mate. You wanted somebody as sexy as me to be part of your cabal. I feel like that's a little, like basic <laughs> like oh there's a there's a hive mind is there a queen queen bee yeah like, i agree no i agree no i feel like she, she i have didn't. a problem with her character Ooh, so do i let's go in yeah there. okay yeah. I feel like if she is, like, speaking on behalf of all Borg, and she is, like, the leader of the Borg, or whatever it is, whatever they want to call it, like, why is she so, like, flexible about things? Very lenient, yeah. Yeah. Very about the self, what her needs and wants over the collective in general. Yeah. I agree with you on that. Totally. it's, It's, like, basically the... The antithesis of what the Borg stand for yeah, it doesn't seems make, to be the leadership of the Borg. In the context yeah. of the Borg. Yeah, like, it's, idea. It's all about the collective, and I feel like for her, it's like all about her, and she uses this like sexual like element to try and yeah. like seduce men. What or, are you talking about, or Sarah? Male robots? Or- <laughs> Sarah, when is there anything sexual in this movie? Set phasers for sexy. Here comes the Borg Queen, fellas. Oh my god. She was so she gross. Came, she came out, she, she just like descended from the ceiling with like her like uh, 
freaking shoulder, shoulders and her spine. Her spine kind of like kind of wiggling up in a your bust face with a wiggling mm-hmm. spine. And her her that, head that looks like a, a I don't know a, a piece of fruit that plucked off the vine. She made me feel weird. Uh, oh, set phasers for sex. Young, young Aaron was like, <laughs> maybe I'll get a ball queen to join me. <laughs> I'd be her board queen king. <laughs> Any day. Yeah. Data, though. I just simulated. Data simulated. did a really good job of acting, like, sexually conflicted, which is, like, ridiculous to me. Data is often sexually conflicted, as far as I saw in the first season, which... Uh, it, yeah. <laughs> Whenever there's any sex and data involved, it's always awkward. Welcome yeah. to First Contact. <laughs> Natasha Yar. It should be called <laughs> the real first. <laughs> oh no! I've, there has to be fan fiction about Star that already Trek. out there. It should be dark. called the oh, sexy no. Borg Queen tries to seduce Data. Mm. No, she found a new man. She don't need that Picard anymore. She got that sweet Data in Data action. I keep calling him Data. And Picard is supposedly her ex-boyfriend. That's what I'm saying. No. It's a little... It's, I, it's too much of a stretch. Okay. It's okay. way too much of a stretch. He had an interaction with a Borg. Mm-hmm. I can believe that. But this Borg that is so self-motivated, like you were saying, and like has this like sexual side. Yeah. Like... She just knows what beings like, and she's gonna seduce. Like it, she doesn't seduce individual beings. Obviously, they, they're like assimilating all these people just by walking around do with them. Think, it looks like. Do you think it's because because she because once she became Borg Queen, she realized that she couldn't get any from any of the the Borg drones. That's why Picard became so like like such a like a like a conquest for her. Maybe maybe because. I don't know. Maybe she was part human still. Yeah. And maybe she was like. I mean, she's obviously, yeah. Got maybe, maybe. Stuff. May, well, because absolute power corrupts absolutely. Mm-hmm. So if she's the figurehead, perhaps she figured some way to, to, to break away from the rest of the collective to have that sentience. Um, Engage. And that, and yes, that's when the, that's when the, des- the desires and all those things. I mean, obviously maybe she's. She, yeah, maybe she wanted to have some pleasure in her yeah, life. Yeah. Even though, like, that isn't what the Borg is about. I don't yeah. know. Mm-hmm. But I feel like... Another tangent, perhaps? To to cleanse the palate? Uh-huh. Voy- Sonic the Hedgehog. Voyager. Oh, Voyager. Voyager. In Voyager, we see more Borg references. Oh, yeah. There, and you there's... definitely you definitely get to see the possibility of a Borg... Like changing into something else. Seven of, of nine. Seven, yeah. I was surprised at how few of the gener- next generation episodes actually had the Borg in them based on the, uh, I found like a chrono- uh, chronological yeah. order of like Borg events. There, there was one in Enterprise. Yeah. Oh, well, I. Gonna not gonna lie, still not gonna watch any no, Enterprise episodes. Uh, okay. All you, you got faith in the heart. You got YouTube? Yes, Click I do. Enterprise. Uh, opener. No, that's okay. And then you're done. It's it's the weirdest thing. It's like I, I love Captain Archer. How oh, good luck, man. Oh my, God. I'm not into it. You just watch that. Watch, watch that, that opener. Yeah, that song. Mm-mm. It'll make you wonder about every <laughs> magic carpet ride. Right? Yeah. Steppenwolf. Yeah, Steppenwolf. Anyone versus the Justice League of America. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's got a little wolf hat on. Steppenwolf. He does? Yeah. I don't... Mm. He's got a little wolf hat. I was too busy looking at his weird face, I guess. So that must have been really fun to see that guy as the hologram. Yeah. Because Voyager was on before that. Yeah. I didn't know, like, in the context of this movie, that Voyager was already on. It was really exciting in the theater when this... Went down. I it was. So, I mean, that was such a good idea. That was such a good like. Of course, if they have a medical uh, hologram, of course, it's gonna yeah. look just like Robert Picardo. Also, right. I love it. And I'm so happy. And Neelix, yeah, yeah. his hologram. Mm-hmm. No, no, yeah. These are amazing characters. Like- amazing actors. Amazing characters. I'm really glad that they got even the smallest bit part in this movie. It's awesome. Yeah. Totally. Q. Yeah, that's him. How cute. Q, not Q. Q? No. Mew. Mew too? I'm actually really impressed that uh, so far we haven't had a Q appearance in any of the Star Trek Next Generation movies. Oh, God. I thought at some point they would have no, <laughs> they would no have good. relented to that. So cr- chronologically, according to this thing I'm looking at, mm-hmm. the all of the Next Generation Borg episodes existed or happened. And then there were some Voyager Borg episodes, or there was at least one Voyager Borg episode before First Contact movie happened, time-wise, at least. And then, of course, there are a ton. There, it's not showing any Deep Space Nine stuff. Well, again, it, I guess it the Borg, the Borg were only real reference in the first episode. I see. Because it was, it was supposed to be like the big reveal that Cisco's wife was destroyed because of Captain Picard. Right. So... So it really sets up like a really awkward meeting when when the two have to meet like that's later the same on. that's the same like I feel like they're taking a moment in time that existed and they're making that moment longer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if there's oh and he had a girlfriend. Oh and he did these bad things and killed people <laughs> and like I don't know. I th- well, because you don't see Picard most of the time when this happens. Yeah, you don't see him, so you could just—it's like it's like a free—it's a writer's free game. Yeah, it's like, that must be how they want. see it. Yeah, you know that bad that bad boy Locutus just rode his motorcycle did. all Wonder the way what across. What else he did, boom, guys? Boom. <laughs> Resistance is futile, and that's why I killed a whole bunch of people. Gonna ride my Borg motorcycle cube across the galaxy. He, ri- he rides his, his spherical separation <laughs> ship. I think that's the biggest biggest problem with this movie. Okay, because, explain. Explain yourself. Because as soon as that escape sphere happens, yeah. like, why isn't that also a sphere? Why is that a cube? And then it launches a little sphere. It doesn't make any sense. It, I mean, it doesn't have to make any sense. Well, but. I mean... It does bring up questions like, are there Borg, like, uh, trapezoids? Probably. Out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. You I get didn't to think about that. Pyramids? Mm. Borg pyramids floating around? Oh, I bet there are. But where do they go? <laughs> like, <laughs> they all fit together, right? Like, I'm, I'm picturing the Borg as being, like, a potential thing that can, like, fit all together. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, uh, if the cubes all, like, attach into one mm. larger hive mind, <laughs> even. Like what if I mean like the UPN symbol right was 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 a cube <laughs> a sphere <laughs> and a pyramid right of course <laughs> it was right in front of our eyes the whole time <laughs> you will be syndicated <laughs> syndication is futile in UPN <laughs> UPN 
Man, there's probably parts of the country listening right now, or even the world, are like, what the hell? There are people UPN <laughs> younger than us that have no freaking idea what the hell UPN is. And guess what? You shouldn't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for referencing that. But. That's okay. I think it's interesting how the Borg got the drop on the Enterprise because... Oh, you mean how, like, they started taking over? Yeah. That, yes. That is pretty cool. Because I think that they they caught them... I mean, they did. They weren't expecting it at all, yeah. right? It's yeah. completely off guard. They blew up a ship. They thought they were okay. Yeah. And then next thing they know, Picard figures out that they dropped the temperature of the ship to, like, let the Borg, like, live in there. And, yeah. So I thought that was a cool idea. Me too. Me too. Because, well, because, like, because at that point in the movie, you're kind of like, you're kind of like, well, that's it? It's all the... It's all the Borg reference we're going to get. Like, they mm-hmm. blew they blew up the sphere and, yeah. like... It's just a momentary thing. You know, if they've gone back in time, there could be more Borgs. That doesn't make any sense. I didn't know what it was going to be because they're, like, crawling through the air ducts. And then you, you kind of see something, like, move in front of the air duct. Like, is that a little creature? What's going on here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Borgs have released, like, little mousers from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And oh. they're going through the, the vents. Baxter Stock <laughs> Borg? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> Oh, man, that's some sick fan art right there. I tried to find a copy, uh, a picture of uh, Picard going Super Saiyan, and uh, the internet let me down. Does not exist? No. No. So, Aaron, next, next uh, project. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I really- have him holding a flute, too. I'm so excited now. <laughs> Ask Kepo if she'll draw it. Come on. <laughs> Dude, that is sick. That is an amazing co- oh playing his recorder. <laughs> Something like that. Like, like we should draw Data's like trunks in the background for no reason. Yes, of course. What? <laughs> oh no. Uh, the, yeah, the, I mean they're just like subtly taking over everything uh, one level at a time, and then it, like overwhelmingly starts to. It's interesting that they have to slow down at all. The Borg are so strategic, and they don't see things as... They they have the ability to just not even give a crap about things. That's right. Like, that's the thing that is kind of crazy about this character that is supposed to be their leader, like yeah. they are saying. So, like, cares. there are times when... They walk right past the Borg, and the Borg doesn't do anything, like nothing, unless they see them as a threat, right? you know? But most of the time, they will just walk right past them. And that used to kind of creep me out, too, as a kid. I remember thinking- Like, you're not even important, like you're an ant. It works well. It yeah. works so well because because you're kind of lulled into this sen- false sense of security. Yeah. Like, even just for the briefest moment. Yeah. Because you're just like, oh, they're going to leave me alone because they're doing their worker ant, you know, mm-hmm. task. It's kind of um, eerie because it doesn't seem human, too. It's also like, so there's somebody aboard your ship that might be trying to attack you. But you're just going to keep doing your thing. Like, yeah, it doesn't seem like a human reaction to 
Like, but they're, they've, that's the thing that's so scary about the Borg is that they don't care. Like, most of the time it's just like, yeah, I don't care that you're there. Like, you can, you can kill our ship, but since we have power everywhere, we're still gonna keep being okay. We'll get what we want eventually. It's almost like a distant look in their eye that we're, we're gonna get you eventually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we already got you. Don't worry. My goal isn't yeah. to get you right now. We're going to get you eventually. Yeah. Individual life is of no importance. Yep. Yeah. Because we all exist as one. It plays so well psychologically as a viewer yeah. seeing that happen. Because they do that in the, in the show as well. When, they, when they're know. first, like the first steps when they first start meeting, like as you guys have just mm-hmm. seen, you know, watch rewatching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, as as the crew is just kind of stumbling their first time even in the board cube, like it's like, oh, we're of no importance to these, you know? Yeah. Amazing. They're Amazingly just, they done. They just walk right past them. They, what a trip. And and we were talking about how the cube, like following them super fast in space is like, was so like ominous and scary, yep. like as a threat, like coming towards them. There's no expression. Mm-mm. There was no anything. They were just determined. Like the square was following them, and like it is. Like Joel is saying, like wow, that is me- you know creepy, menacing. <laughs> like it's like they, it's like they tapped into like the on mystery of of the rectangle from two thousand one, but like made it creepy. This reminded me of 2000. You're talking about Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. That's when they tap into the... uh, Oh, yeah, okay. No, you're right. Oh, touche. (laughs) Touche. That's way more. That's way more 2001. Okay. So, after they figure out that the Borg ship is going to... Through this wormhole to the past, yeah, which I get, it, it's a next level move <laughs> for an adversary to take. You know, like oh, I'll just go. Wait a minute, but they kind of did that in freaking generations, right? They kind of were like, "What do I do? Oh, go back in time." So catch all, fix all. Time travel is a it's. It's a nice way to fix things mm-hmm. or to make things worse, right? Uh, didn't they already? Didn't they significantly alter timeline by just by being there? Yeah, you know, by destroying would, part of it. One would think, yeah. They seemed pretty nonchalant in this movie about about like any of it. Yeah, like even Gates McFadden was like, "Don't you dare!" I don't want to hear about this prime directive. Yeah. I don't care about your prime director. Now kiss me, Picard. No, that didn't happen. No. Not even the Nexus. Mm. Not even the Nexus. No. Even in his dreams, he can't kiss somebody he wants. Yeah. I tell you, that Wesley connection just drives her away. Drives her oh, away. that's it. Picard is way too hard on himself, you know? He yeah. never gives himself a break. Mm-mm. Does it deserve a break? So, like, at that point, it kind of turns into, like, a half- Half camping trip. (laughs) 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 People on a ship, like in with like no communication systems, and like the ship is being taken over by Borg. Well, that's like that episode Enterprise Mine, right? Isn't that a famous episode where Picard has to like basically die hard his way through the Enterprise? Oh, yeah, but he's got to do it with kids. 
right? In Enterprise Mines? Yeah, I've never seen it. I've oh. just heard it referenced as Die Hard in Star Trek. Yeah, but he's got to do with kids. Give me I a second. Picard. Well, he's, he's such a badass. Like, I feel like he brings it when he has to. But at the same time, like, he's so diplomatic, like, most of the time. But, like, he can get real when he needs to, as a character. All of first season, I did not see him being a a badass. I saw him being the captain who had a stick up his butt, you know, and and everyone else was was good with it. But you have to consider whenever whenever Wesley came around, it was just like, no, I don't want to deal with that. And then the the three episodes we watched in preparation for this, you know, uh, Q who like I hate Q, but. I thought that was a really good episode because uh, everyone was presented seriously. It wasn't. It wasn't joking around. It was a serious situation. It was less QE than some of the episodes uh, are. And the best of both worlds, or two worlds, whatever it's called, part one and part two, like that's that's some serious stuff. That's the season finale, season opener stuff. So, but yeah, that's when tr- next gen is in. It's hit its stride. Yeah, and the rest is really good too. I yeah. mean, at that point, their production value is higher, and, like, their writing is, like... I mean, I've seen a lot of Next Gen that had, like, strange episodes, but but some of them are really well-written. Like, really well-written. Like the Sex Planet episode that we talked about last time. Don't go on the grass, Wesley. Isn't that in the first season? Yes, it is. It is in the first season. <laughs> well, I, I, the ratings were so good in this show that, that I, I feel that most of the characters got to experience a lot of growth. Sure. But and Picard, Picard also had went from went from a diplomat to definitely action hero. I don't want and there were uh, there were episodes where he definitely is, you know. Yeah. Uh, good. I didn't like some, like I said, I didn't get to see any of that stuff. Yeah. Well, there's uh, like picturing him in like a tank top, like yippee ki The last episode I saw <laughs> while while uh, you were cheating, like, while you were cheating. Oh, sorry, Go. just going through like a walk, a watch through was that one where he was on the desert planet, stuck on the desert uh, planet with Wesley and that other guy. Yeah, yeah, and his his secret flask, and he doesn't do any. You know, he's he knows how to survive, but he gets you know he gets pinned under a rock. So it's he's not doing action stuff. Well, there's there's an episode that me and Sarah were discussing while you were cheating on us earlier uh-huh. with, another, with another podcast. Yeah, um, high and low, a Kurosawa podcast. <laughs> Talk about that? Japanese right. movies. He hijacked our airwaves, Sarah. Yeah, just like that. Mm-hmm. We were discussing one where perhaps Picard was going on vacation. Uh, well, first of all, our conversation went to the lighting in Picard's quarters. Does he go to Muscle Beach? I don't. <laughs> We're talking about the mood shift of when he's not at work anymore. Yeah. yeah. That Picard, he's a very straight-laced guy, and he has very strict code of, uh, he has duty <laughs> to the Federation. Yes. And, uh, but then when he goes to his quarters, Aaron was saying that the mood lighting <laughs> gets pretty intense in there. <laughs> It's a high stress job. He has to have a place there. He can just be himself, you know. Open shirt, read a book. It's like Shay's mm-hmm. lounges are everywhere. Yep. Practicing his recorder, practicing like a recorder, silk yeah. robe and like, <laughs> yeah, but, but it's like, like it's red like, light. He's, show, he's always showing some leg. You yeah. Know? 
He's always showing some leg in his room. Chilling out at the hollow deck. <laughs> yeah, there's like a piano and like chess, you know, but like. No one was allowed in there, though. He's got a chessboard. I mean, he occasionally so. has a cast member come in, I you know, know where when he keeps his clothes on. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Picard's pretty questionable when it comes to that, you know. When you're yeah. in Picard's chamber, <laughs> it's naked time. <laughs> I wish I'd known that, Jean Luc. <laughs> oh, you will. <laughs> we were talking about the steampunk. <laughs> Speedo he has to yeah. wear when they take him back out of the Borg earlier. I didn't think he had anything down there because it's like strategically covered. It was, it's just Picard's dong out there and the rest of his Borg. <laughs> well, I mean, now we know he had a girlfriend. Exactly. She wanted access. There was a port. No, I was I was saying it was like Hell Comes to Frogtown, you know? <laughs> We've improved the human anatomy. It's got a release switch when you need it. Oh, but, man. Man. <laughs> <laughs> There's an episode where, like, he goes and hangs out on a beach, Joel, and and he gets into some action. No, that's yeah. all right. That's the one where he goes on vacation. He gets sucked into. That is an action. He's episode. like he's like Poirot. He gets he can't help it. He gets sucked into a mystery. Yeah, he want, he's like he's like I'm just gonna hang out at the beach. Yeah. Hang out at the beach, but he can't. No. His mustache is too curly. I like this. Uh, go back to judging this movie in comparison to Starship. That's the Die Hard episode. Episode, right. Uh, that's what I said. Okay. Uh, there's Enterprise Mine, I was saying, but Starship Mine. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there are children. See, you're saying it's different because he was children. Well, he has that person from the 21st century that he's like has to guide through the ship, too. So That's true. And this is, he was like, this is old hat. I've done this 20 times. Pretty much. Between the six years when I was made into, I don't know, cutie or whatever. I don't know about you guys, but the Enterprise definitely felt more claustrophobic this yeah. time around. And maybe it was, that was the ide- ideal to try to make like you as a viewer make like. feel. Yeah. No open hallways because everything's clogged up with those pipes. And mm-hmm. then there's constantly Borg just walking around, you know, at each thing. Yeah. And he was, he kept crawling through all the. Yeah. There were so many like little doors that opened for people to like I, like. Crouch I through. was laughing at that yeah. in my head while we were watching it. I was like, "Gee, I bet nobody uses the hallways around here because you can just like Jeffrey's tube yourself anywhere. <laughs> Why go through a normal hallway when I could just walk through this tube to get exactly where I want to go?" Might as I well. feel like I feel like you see a little bit of that in Next Gen. Yeah, that you're there's right. like ways to get through the ship, but. I feel like this was, like, taken to the next level (laughs) of crossing through the ship, through the panels. I get a feeling, I get a feeling that when they were designing this Enterprise, Picard was like, make sure there's tons of little secret passageway. (laughs) Yeah. Like the Millennium Falcon, it's for smuggling. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I appreciate that this movie doesn't go jokey like the like Generations did a little bit. Like, it was Ge- Generations wasn't super jokey, except for da- Data. Like, I still can't stand that emotion chip stuff. And when he has the emotion chip in this thing, you know, he's got an easy off switch, sure, but he still does the, like, 
like I'm sensing anxiety or fear or whatever like that. But just for a second, he's not like, ha, 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 I've got some jokes for you, LeVar Burton. Ha, 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 ha. I could tell, I could tell while we were watching this episode, you were just waiting for the data jokes to start cracking. Like, like you were kind of like, kind of like sitting at the edge of your seat, kind of like leaning in a little bit. Like you're like, I can't wait oh, to get pissed off no. about data. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just try, just try. I had a couple of bad puns, like, oh, it sounds like it's Swedish or whatever, right? Borg. Oh. She says something like that. I wonder if anyone's ever taken their Korg keyboard they made and modified like, it to Borg. They made a couple no. sexual innuendo jokes, too. Yeah, sure. There's some like, data sex should jokes. should I leave you alone with this missile guy? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Do the three of you or want the, some more alone yeah. time? That seemed like the most unnatural uh, um, Betazoid uh, Counselor, Counselor Troy, Troy uh, dialogue I've ever heard. Counselor I Troy, I think, is an awesome woman in the Star Trek universe. Heck yeah. Because she presents herself as being someone who is sensitive and has different feelings about things, but she uses it as a strength. And that is something that people might be able to realize one day could help, you know, with no. some decision making that feeling things does sometimes help to make a decision. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And she, I'm not saying all decisions should be made that way, but it'd be nice if a couple could be made that way. We need here cold and there. logic. That's why we need the Borg. Borg 2020. But she's so kind to people, even people that she thinks are wrong, because she understands them. Like, I think just just taking a minute to shout out for Counselor Troy. Yeah. She is Raise the roof a nice person and and understands even the worst, mm. you know, people they encounter. But, um... I, I appreciate this dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> Not that it needs my approval. I'm just saying... <laughs> Counselor Troy, awesome. Yeah. I appreciate her. Yeah. And she, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that was an awkward Counselor Troy moment. <laughs> no, it was. This. It was. It was. That being said, I just, I don't feel, I feel like Jonathan Franks just is like, I'm going to write this in the script real quick. That'll be a good joke. He didn't write it. He just directed it. I'm sure he punched the writer and then grabbed the script. That's probably true. <laughs> he just mounted over them. <laughs> <laughs> Just yours. It's just a seat to me, writer. Well, I mean, how many lines are ad-libbed anyway? You know, in movies. In Star Trek, zero. In Iron Man, all seems of like them. A whole bunch of them more. <laughs> What's yeah. a script? I feel like the writers liked the idea of the Borg being the bad guy because the Bo the Borg is like the big scary bad guy. Mm -hmm. But I feel like they wanted to put like a face on it too. Like yep. they were like, well. Yeah, it's the Borg, but we need, like, a big bad guy of the Borg, like... That's always the problem with, like, evil creation. Like, we have to... Ha there has to be a, n a number one big baddie who's in charge of everything, and if you take that person out, you know, you've saved the galaxy. Like, the Emperor in Star Wars, like, a big secret guy and stuff like that. And I, I think, in the, obviously, in the original trilogy, they do they do just fine at the end. By the time you meet him at the end... You don't know what's going to happen. Like Will, Will Smith has to take out the evil queen robot in order to stop all the other robots from iRobot kind of thing. I don't think that's oh. how that works. I was thinking about Independence uh, Day 
Yeah. <laughs> Jack Queen. What about Alien Queen in Alien? Oh, right? That's true. Yeah, the Alien Queen. You're right. Yeah. You're yeah. right. It can't just be like a, a collection of evil. There's got to be an Osama bin Laden. Oh. And, I, and I'm saying that as a as an example of somebody that's like, oh, that's the the chief of all this evil. Once we take him out, it's going to solve all the problems. See how that worked, America? I think Hashtag that truth. I think that alien <laughs> aliens were more like insects to me than like a humanoid creature or a robot. Well, but and the, the Borg was supposed to be something that that, that humans couldn't we, we can't comprehend. Right. So them having this 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 sort of <laughs> this weird lady this one person matriarchy or whatever yeah. you want to yeah, you know she's been behind the scenes the whole time. Maybe that's where they came up with the babies that were in those drawers on oh, yeah, the ship. Baby Borgs. Drawers of babies. <laughs> baby Borgs. I forgot about the baby Borgs. <laughs> baby Borg. Baby Borg. The baby Borgs in the baby Borg nursery. How did I forget about that? <laughs> Star Trek babies. <laughs> <laughs> All the baby captains. Baby Data. <laughs> <laughs> this pacifier does not pacify. I don't, see I don't baby, understand. Baby Picard. <laughs> baby Picard. <laughs> number what have one. You done, what have you done? I've made a number one nanny. Oh, make it so. No, no. <laughs> Change my diaper. Uh-huh. Yeah. This is it was, pretty damn it good. It was inevitable. I just saw somebody making fun of people adding. The word babies to oh, the end okay. of the thing, but whatever, I don't care. Star Trek babies. It, 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 it has to happen. I got this confused with, I think, maybe another Star Trek storyline. Oh, yeah? Because partway through, the woman who is on the ship with Picard starts talking about like, the way that the spacecraft was made or whatever that's down on the Earth's surface. Oh, okay. Ziffer and Cochran's. Yeah. And for a minute, I thought that we were going to find out that she was actually the one who built it. Oh. Does that sound like a familiar story in Star Trek to you? Because I was like, maybe I'm confusing this with another thing where it was like, Oh, that person invented all this stuff, and they were like, actually, it was this woman, like, or his daughter or something, like a scientist's daughter. I mean, it doesn't sound outside the realm of impossibility. It's not something that's coming up in my mind right now, but, like, yeah. I I couldn't remember if there was a next-gen episode or, like, a something in Star Trek with that, but... I kind of remembered there was, like, these outsiders. They were either, like, on an isolated ship or on an isolated planet. And there was, like, an old man and, like, a girl. Mm. And I can't remember exactly what happened. Listeners, if you know what I'm talking about, let us know. (laughs) It could be something I've created in my mind. Honestly (laughs) curious if somebody knows. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I keep thinking about this Borg hierarchy. Yeah. And there was definitely talk about this in Voyager. They go a little bit deeper into there being some sort of social class amongst the Borg. Right. And it, it does pop up in Voyager. But, I mean, th- this is, of course, way after this movie came out. So, I think somebody piggybacked the idea behind that. And they were like, sure. oh, yeah, there's just, you yeah. know, 
all kinds of these like Cenobite looking or Queen like make an appearance in Voyager. Yeah, yeah so I mean, they, yeah, they were they at least they ran with it. I mean, I don't I don't know if people were up in arms about that. Yeah, I can never tell what people are going to be up in arms about. Like because I know there are people that love Deep Space Nine. I also know there are people that think Deep Space Nine was terrible. Same thing with Voyager, although I think I, I, mostly when I hear from Trek fans, people are like, Voyager was not good in comparison to, say, Next Gen. And I think that's a, it's a high bar, right? They're kind of two different tastes to me. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, I don't, I mean, obviously they're both, they, they're both like ships that are seeking things out, but Voyager was lost. Whereas, right, right. whereas with Enterprise, I felt like they could always go back, redock somewhere, get more supplies, go out deeper into space. Right. Uh, Voyager, I felt was more of like a, we're trying to get our way home. Usually about you know? survival. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel like in Next Gen, they played with the idea of being isolated a little bit, and you were always a little bit scared when they did that. Like, oh, they might not be able to get back to somebody. And then in Voyager, they actually did it, like, full. There you full go. Bore. They went. That's it. They got lost. And then you were like, oh, shoot, what are they going to encounter? What are they going to do? Because they can't find their way back. Yeah. And... Honestly, I loved Next Gen and I loved Voyager and the original Star Trek is awesome too. But I feel like I didn't like Deep Space Nine. I didn't like the newer ones as much. Well, Deep Space Nine is hit and miss. Some episodes are pretty good. Some episodes are, for me, not so good. Yeah, no, it's a toss up. It's a toss up. I feel, but I always felt that anything past Next Gen was just trying to be edgier edgier next gen. Yeah. Like, because it's all building upon these building blocks. Like, next gen was definitely, like, I feel a, a foundation that they built, and they wanted to play around in that universe more. Mm-hmm. So, so for example, you know, Deep Space Nine, you get a much edgier, like, uh, version of next gen, essentially. Sure. Uh, but it's also kind of one of those things where it's, like, faceted in only one part of the galaxy, whereas with Voyager, I felt... They at least had that, still that exploration element, even though they were lost. Um, I don't know. There's, there's, there's pros and cons. There's yeah. pros and cons. I mean, but I, I still feel that as far as tra- any anything past the original series, that Next Gen itself had a bit more of a pure fuel to it. To me, mm. I, I feel because because of how long that show ran, you got really got to see a lot of growth within the, within the ship, with and and also the universe around it being built. Uh, as you went. You know, another thing I thought of earlier when I was thinking about the Borg and I was thinking about, like, how they were this force that just wanted to, um, like, take everything apart and move on, you know, and make it theirs or whatever. And this was the first time I ever thought of this, but I compared it to the idea of the Daleks in um, Doctor Who. Yeah. And I'm, I, have you heard that comparison? No, no, that's great. I was that's just great. thinking, you know, they're definitely two different things, but I was like, you know, the Daleks kind of didn't care either. <laughs> and they just wanted to exterminate everything. But in in Star Trek, it's like, they wanted to assimilate everything. They wanted to take everything and make it part of theirs and, like, 
keep it. Take you the know? best things from each thing and assimilate and discard into the other stuff. Yeah. But that was the first time that had ever occurred to me because I hadn't watched Doctor Who until like probably five years ago. Mm-hmm. It's more like the Cyberman. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about Doctor Who. Cyber either. <laughs> yeah, but they, they they take people and make them into robots. So I can see the comparison. Cyber Cybermen are more Borgy, right? Mm, well, but the, I I would say the Borg would be a combination of both the Dalek and the Cybermen, mm. both in both in motive and and uh, and purpose. You know, they're they're a lot like is the uh, uh, the Crimson. Uh, what's his name? You know, with the perfect body. Anyways, Crimson Execution. Crimson, thank you, Crimson Execution. You remember better than me. <laughs> Crimson oh execution. yeah, you showed me that trailer. Yeah, I still haven't seen that one yet. With his perfect body, he will take over this world and destroy all those who wish to corrupt it. No, you know who was like that? This freaking Queen Borg lady. I'll torture you by slowly giving you human senses. Sexual data. <laughs> it seems like in a lot of um, fantasy and sci-fi, she gets typecasted because in the in the sci-fi original movie, Habit- the Habitat, actress? yeah, the actress, mm. in Habitat, she kind of played a very questionable character as well. Mm. She uh, was blowing on people's skin. No, but she definitely had like the evil, evil sexy thing going mm-hmm. in that too. Yeah. Sorry, I've gone on so many tangents. Oh, no, no. I'm so happy we're even talking about Trek. It makes me happy. Yeah. Two things I want to do before we wrap up is uh, there was, you said at the end, when Picard takes care of the Borg problem by releasing, (laughs) you know, uh, Data releases that gas and uh, throw your glasses on the table. Anyways. It's just so. It's and yeah, Patrick Stewart uses his sick guns to escape. Sick. Uh, you said that you had it like a specific problem. What was going on? Did, yes. Did you, so tell me. All right. So you're a Borg, right? And what are you composed of? You're composed of half technology and half organic material. Half. Okay. Ha- still half. Some okay. percentage. Yeah. Why are you going to keep like one of your greatest weaknesses of your existence so close to like? Where your operations are happening. I don't know. Just saying, guys. I mean, just saying. Sorry I threw my glasses. It's just, I, I love this movie, but but I, it hadn't really hit me how obnoxiously, like, like, it's like. not as bad as aliens and sign going to a planet that mostly consists of water, you know. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> I met Shalomon. I don't know. I feel like. It just it just it hurt me a little bit. It's an dangerous situation that they put themselves in. Just um, it would be a such dangerous situation for anybody. I mean that that is a, like a part of the ship. So I guess that's true. And there are humans around it, obviously. So so okay. Well, when you when you when you put it that way, all right. Maybe I shouldn't be so. Maybe I shouldn't elicit such an emotional response from it. If it's no, just a, <laughs> just a, just a working operation of the ship that can eat. All your flesh off in seconds. Sure. That data can literally plunge his hand into. Resistance. I'm just saying. Yeah, that was a good line. Also, my other favorite line is when Worf is like, assimilate this. <laughs> when, they're, when they're on, when they're trying to. Because we were all thinking it, but no. <laughs> assimilate this. Yeah. I feel really bad about Worf's wig in this one. 
Yeah. <laughs> Wolf's wig. It really wasn't pointed out. It wasn't pointed out to me until Joel made the mention that something was wrong. His hair looked way better in Generations. Just saying. I, it looks like Barbie hair in this. So, but, yeah. Just saying. I have to agree with you. So the stuff that happens down on Earth in the woods kind of reminds me of a lot of other next gen stuff. And the guy, the actor, what's his name? James Cromwell. Yeah. He he reminds me of a lot of other things that happened in Next Gen. Yeah. Where there was a character that they encounter and they think he's one thing and then he tries to run off or steal something or whatever. Yeah. You know, there's another side to yeah. it. Or they're like, you're an important figure in history and then some crazy nonsense happens or whatever. Abraham Lincoln. And... <laughs> I was surprised. I've forgotten how that whole thing turns out and that he was just, like, feeling super insecure and stuff. We all feel that way sometimes. I think he... I think he didn't... I think what they were saying is he didn't anticipate what encountering another race of creatures was going to do to him as a person. Because once he realized... These people are from another world, and he saw what they were like. Like yeah. that changed him. But it's kind of like a fun element to playing with time travel. Yeah, like the the ability to not understand your full potential, but being it shown to you, being frightened of that, but then later grasping that perhaps you know it's okay. Your fate, it's okay what's going to happen. It's it's a very, it's like, I feel it's a very human reaction. Like, if I may be a little bit sacrilegious, it is kind of Christ-like. Like, Like, you've got this huge destiny that is going to happen and we're, we're, you know, everybody loves you and there's statues of you and they talk about you in the history books and you've got this just this amazing grand future that you're responsible for. That's a lot of pressure. Oh yeah, you know, and it's like Christ on the mount, you know, begging, begging God, like, oh, do yeah. I have to die for this? Wow. I mean, like, is, does this has to have to happen? You no, know, it's. I I hope that doesn't offend anyone, but I can, you know, I can kind of see. I can't help it. It's it's just there. Mm-hmm. It's part of what you learned growing up, so it's like part of your reference point. Yeah. I I sometimes reference stuff in my religion, to do, or the religion I grew up in, the Baha'i Faith. There were a lot of things that watching Star Trek Next Gen growing up reminded me of, like the oneness of mankind and like the universal education and all that kind of stuff. And the the peaceful like future where people could be diplomatic and you know meet each other without trying to avoid any conflict and agreeing that they weren't going to raise arms against each other or whatever so if you guys had to <laughs> had to pick like a favorite like scene section from this what would you pick cuz i have one specifically that i think was the best out of the bunch a scene that was forever implanted in my mind for about this movie is just the look of pure rage and love as as Picard is shooting those Borg full of holographic bullets. Oh yeah. Just that that, oh, yeah. that the Tommy, Tommy guns. Gun. <gasps> that that's yeah. that's the that's the, actually the one scene in this movie. Like just the pure, <laughs> like joyous rage he's having as he's as I he's, was so worried. 
you know me. I hate that. I hate that holodeck. I hate the the goofy fun times they have uh, on there. Sure, but when it, like they do it so well in this, it doesn't matter. You know when he like realizes it's the wrong chapter and he's like, then takes off his coat and he's like, "Let's we have to dance. Don't look at them." It was like, "Oh, this is good. That was cool." I I, I that that particular scene was that 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 was just very awesome. Yeah, that really makes the movie for me. It is cool. They took they took what was possible and they made it really work in a in a good way. Probably my favorite part is the beginning when they're fighting the Borg ship because it was so, so next level so, at the time. It, it looks was really so, cool. Yeah, the CG and everything yeah. was so good for the time, oh, and God. you know you see you see Picard just. Um, being like, screw my orders. I'm going <laughs> to do this and try and save as many human lives as I can. Mm-hmm. And Adam Scott and Worf are like flying a thing together. The Defiant. Are they flying the Defiant? It's the Defiant. Oh. Then where's Cisco? He's back on the, the Deep Space human Nine. Lives. But I thought he was the captain. <laughs> Federation lives, whatever you want to call it. I, I, unfortunately, I don't remember enough about Deep Space Nine to tell you what, what would be. The hierarchy of power on that or the, on that ship, uh, but I, I get the feeling like Cisco was like, "Hey, Worf, you take this." And mm-hmm. He was busy that day. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know enough. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. The Defiant was a pretty cool ship, though. Even as a kid, I was like, "Yeah, the Defiant." <laughs> get it? It's so defiant. it's it's pretty exciting to see that one. It seems small, but we only see that part. <laughs> and that's the joke. They throw that joke at Worf, too. Oh, yeah. Small. I'll show you small. No, okay. My favorite scene in it is when uh, Neil McDonough and Patrick Stewart and uh, Worf there, uh, Michael... Dorn. Dorn. Michael Dorn, thank you. All have to put on their spacesuits and go out to to release that that thing that the Borgs are <laughs> setting up the signal on. You know, because yeah. it's like it's tension filled. You know, they only have a limited amount of time. They know their weapons are only going to uh, work for a little bit, and so when the as as they're they're typing in the things and it like rejects their code at first, and then they're overriding it like just like the Borg slowly noticing and, and walking towards them. And of course, it's got the awesome thing where, like you said, Worf assimilate this. Yeah, and it's got the part with the shoes that he like turns on and off the magnets yeah. or whatever for the zero gravity. I think. Yeah. And the suits in that are more two thousand one style suits to me. Mm-hmm. Agreed for sure. Agreed. And and I feel like that that part outside in space is pretty awesome because they're not usually. They're not usually uh, fighting anybody in that way, like in that environment. Right. In the original classic Trek movies, there is a little bit of spacesuit usage in that. And I feel that these suits are are a like a step up from those. Like they yeah. they, they, they they made it close enough in style to ke- to keep continuity with with perhaps how they looked in that movie as well. Yeah. I believe the ones in Star Trek The Motion Picture are the same ones from 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh, no way. Yeah. I think they're slightly different, but <laughs> but they're like... That's cool. The same mock-ups or whatever. 
So they got that handle on the back so that Khan can lift up, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Check off. Uh, yeah. The whole thing with the, with the handle that Picard was having to do out oh, there yeah. in space. Mm-hmm. Adjusting the things. That's where he got those guns. <laughs> I keep referring to his guns, Lister, in case you haven't seen this, because they're, when the Borg Queen finally captures him and, and tells him, like, I don't have any use for you, and they're about to assimilate him, for some reason he's just wearing a sleeveless vest. <laughs> and he looks pumped. It's because it's because of generations, Joel. He's been working out. He's, he had, he had speci- I don't want to. I don't want to end up looking like Kirk. No, oh, oh, not the reference I was trying. To, just the physical confrontation he had trying to climb through rocks. That's and true. Whatnot. Oh, he's been fa- he's been training, fighting for. But they learned because because the, mm-hmm. in this movie, I feel like they 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 took all of their their weaknesses from the first one, and they yeah they they made them their strengths. So. It's a fun movie. I like it this movie is. a lot. It is, yeah. I would recommend it. I like it more than Generations, for sure. Thank yeah. you. Even if you're not... Uh, haven't seen, like, the Star Trek series, I still think it's a really cool action, fun movie. They definitely intended on making it an action movie. And where and where some of the, these next-gen movies feel like one episode, I feel that this one, as, as um, kind of playing on what Sarah was saying earlier was kind of almost two episodes in one. Yeah. Like totally. a two-parter? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, maybe. It, this is what you want <laughs> when you think of, like, oh, the movie is just a bigger episode. Like, the Generations felt like a larger episode, which mm-hmm. just meant that they tacked on more time and a bigger budget. Yeah. This is like, oh, no, we're doing, like, way more. There, It feels like there's more stakes and we're adding, you know, some horror elements and uh, the like, like time on Earth, but also time on the ship and stuff like that. And story A, story B, yeah, good stuff. They created a different, yeah, a different level of excitement and yeah, fear in this than you saw usually in Star Trek episodes. It was like more of a, an action movie, like adrenaline rush in some parts of it than than other Star Trek stuff. I'm a little worried, guys, because I haven't seen the next two movies. And, I don't know if and, I have either. And, I, and, and a consensus of, of, of my, opinion, my opinion of the next two films is built on word of mouth and what I've heard from other Trek fans and just other people in general. And we're going to find good. out, Aaron. We're going to find out. It ain't how, how good, guys. Know? It ain't good. Next movie, Star Trek Insurrection, also directed by Jonathan Frakes. Okay. Can't be that bad, right? Well, I mean, real quick, you've heard about The Curse, right? No. Uh, all the odd movies suck. All the even movies are good. I mean, that's just not true in life. Come on. For Trek, anyway. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is Voyage Home, or not Voyage Home, is uh, is that the fourth one, Voyage Home? Yeah. It's good. Then consider that to be good. I love it. Mm. Personally, I consider it to be good. Mm. I don't know about a general consensus. Would you like an entire movie of just that marine biologist? <laughs> what are you talking about, man? Spock, uh, Spock uses the, the pinch on that punk and the, the, the bus for playing his music. In the fifth movie, he uses a pinch on a horse. That horse had it coming, man. Yeah, I know. All right, let's wrap this up. I'm going to read the outro stuff. You guys think of some lessons that you learned from Star Trek 
first generation. Wait, first contact. <laughs> first. First contact high. First Jordy. Jordy didn't have his visor on anymore. It's so he could wear those sick sunglasses, man. Oh, yeah. When he's later. I was like, why would he have sunglasses like that? Oh, wait, it is the future. Okay. <laughs> the future from us. Not, obviously not the future. His eyes, though. Everyone else, yes. Yeah, those those crazy looking eyeballs. Now, I, I appreciated that they kept like showing him using like the eyeball technology. Like, yeah. Like zooming in and like infrared stuff. That was cool. Yeah. I was impressed by that, too. Because I feel like he was probably doing that with his visor, too, but they they didn't really show that, right? Whenever you see visor view, it's always like, in the show, it was always just kind of like red or red or something. Yeah. Like the Predator? Like, he had, like, poor, like, VR VR boy or whatever the Nintendo, yeah. uh, the sad sad Nintendo game made your eyes bleed. Virtual like, boy. Yeah. Virtual was, boy. Like, what do you call it? Um, like, heat sensor. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> always made you feel. I always felt worse for Jordy at that point. Yeah, <laughs> trying to track down Arnold Schwarzenegger in the jungle. All right, hey, if you uh, listener, if you got any suggestions or comments, write into please don't podcast at gmail dot com or message us on Facebook at facebook dot com slash pdsmios. If you subscribe to us on iTunes, we'd appreciate it if you left us a star and or written rating. It takes two minutes at the most. And that'll just help our visibility on the iTunes charts. Thank you in advance. Thank you very much. If you got a few bucks, you can send it our way at our Ko-Fi site, which is ko-fi.com slash pdsmios. For just the price of $3, you can keep Aaron in his energy drinks so that he can survive through an entire recording. Please think of giving us $3 today. We thank you once again in advance. And if you want to hear more shows just like ours, check out eartrumpetaudio.com for the rest of the shows on our network. They got something for everyone. You want to hear about politics? There's taxes and terror tots. You want to hear about films that are specifically animal-based? Pet Cinematary is for you. Do you want to hear about He-Man? Well, there's a He-Man podcast. I just can't remember the name of it. I'm a really bad member of this audio group. Anyways. EarTrumpetAudio.com. Lessons from First Contact. The movie that showed us that Riker. I don't know. I don't. I, I got no follow through, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought I was going somewhere. See, I feel. I feel like the moment where Worf was like, "Assimilate this," and blew up the thing was the same as in Generations, where Riker was like. Uh, fire photon, photon torpedoes, and he blew up the Klingon ship. Okay, I don't want to get so good. I don't want to get too kicked off here, but the photon torpedoes. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they don't do anything. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. They're supposed to be, yeah, the big, the big guns. Like, but photon. How many times do you see them fire the photon torpedoes and nothing happens? It only, it only works in original track very well. <laughs> in next gen, it's always like the. It's always like the, oh my gosh, they're so powerful. There's no way they, they took a full photon torpedo. Like that's, that's always, that's, that's the use of the photon torpedo. In, just, in, in, <laughs> every time they say uh, fire photon torpedoes, it's like, I imagine them throwing a paper towel, like in a ball at the, the That's the lesson you learned. No. Aaron, what lesson did you learn? I learned that. When you're the captain of the ship, 
and you have you have a point of view on an honest on a subject that it's okay to listen to someone from an earlier time because really what it comes down to is is everyone needs advice at some point in their lives specifically from somebody from a different time period yes okay yes I think it gave him objectivity that he was lacking at that yeah. moment. Everybody yeah. needs it. You, you, whether whether you want to admit it or not, it's always good to have another point of view. Well, it helped that she had nothing to lose in, in context of, like, everyone else. Everyone else, this is the captain. You listen to the captain of the yep. ship. Obviously, they had huge respect for Picard. Uh, she was just somebody who ended up there, you know, basically kidnapped by them to, in order to help her. But still... Uh, like she faints and they take her up to sick bay. She she was fine. Oh wait, they said she had radiation poisoning, didn't they? Never mind. Um, <laughs> what is my lesson from this movie? <laughs> my lesson is there's the Borg. The Borg are just known for being one way, but I think maybe. They carry their astrological sign with them into their Borgness. Dang. And I think that the hierarchy of the Borg had this leader that was like a major Scorpio. <laughs> oh, man, now I want to know what like data sign. I know. I'm like, I bet. I wonder if you can like wiki all the star yeah. signs of the people on. Yeah. Anyway, that was my lesson. Yeah. My lesson is that you need to be careful in your relationships. Listener, you need to be careful and be kind and treat people with respect, even if it doesn't work out, if you can't be friends, if you break up or something like that, because you never know when six years later, that girlfriend or boyfriend's going to come back for revenge. <laughs> Yeah, truth right there. Resistance is futile. <laughs> the bad ex-girlfriend. That's the whole breakdown for you. <laughs> Man. Ex-girlfriend with Crazy a Crazy ex-girlfriend. <laughs> I calls it how I sees it. We'll see you next week, folks. Thanks for listening. Bye. She's going to slash your warp cells. No. <laughs> Bye. Bye. EarTrumpetAudio.com Ideas and entertainment. Loud and clear.